Hello and thank you for joining me. I'm Louise Harmby and this is chapter one of Making Sense of Show Don't Tell, titled What is Shown and Told Prose? Why understanding showing and telling is key to craft. Whether you're a fiction writer or a fiction editor, putting in the work to really get your head around how shown and told prose affects story is worth your time, I promise. The knowledge will enable you to revise stylistically with purpose and confidence. Each amendment will be made with care and founded on theory, theory that respects voice, mood, rhythm and preference. Showing and telling in a nutshell. Shown prose is usually defined as story and character experience that's related through actions and sensory information. Told prose relies on exposition. This likely apocryphal quote from Chekhov is often cited to explain the principle. Don't tell me the moon is shining. Show me the glint of light on broken glass. That's a good summary. However, the canny author and editor will tread with caution. To do so otherwise risks hyper-amending at best, butchering at worst. And so to make prose pop, we need to heed the following. Telling is more than a lack of sensory detail, for while it might shout its presence in some passages, more often than not, it's almost hidden in the nuances of just a word or two. And yes, there are occasions when only shown prose will do. But there are also occasions when the reader needs only to know that the moon is shining. Glints on broken glass are a distraction. And yet there are other occasions when the line between told and shown prose is blurry because even told prose can be rich and emotive owing to other stylistic choices such as tense, narration style and viewpoint. The decision about whether to show or tell needs to be nuanced. It's true that too much telling can result in a flat, mundane narrative, while showing can add emotional texture that brings a written scene alive and draws the reader deeper into the story. Then again, too much showing can result in overblown, interruptive writing. Strong writing weaves the two together. We might think of showing as a way of making readers do the work, giving them enough information so that they can imagine how they would feel if what's been revealed on the page were to happen in real life. The deeper the connection, the more immersive the reader experience. That's what the Chekhov quote is alluding to and why it's worth understanding the different types of told prose so that we can decide in the context of the scene whether and what degree we need to show or tell. Context is key, however. Once we understand all the ways in which our readers can be told, it becomes clear that abolishing telling from writing would be catastrophic. That's because told prose can be textured too, especially when a novel's written in the first person. It's as if the narrator is having a private conversation with us or has written us a personal letter. And so the narrative distance is already so short that shown prose might seem absurdly contrived and verbose. A real world example. Let's move away from creative writing for a moment and use a real world example as reference. A care home advertises the following job. Care team leader. This would be the perfect role for a registered nurse with team supervision experience who is ready for lead responsibility. You must have experience in general dementia and mental health nursing care. Your respect for older people is equally important. You will show warmth, compassion and support to our residents and their families, helping to promote independence and dignity and positively enhancing the lives of individuals in our care. You submit your resume and cover letter and are invited for an interview. The day arrives and you come to the care home expecting to be questioned by a panel of staff members about your experience and fitness for purpose. Instead, you're directed to the garden where the residents are having a tea party. 
A few smile at you. One man seems distressed and starts to cry. A woman sits in a chair licking her lips. There's a beaker of water on a nearby table, but it's out of her reach. You walk over to the woman, move the beaker nearer and ask her if she'd like a drink of water. Then you head for the man. Sit near him and ask him if you can help. The resume and cover letter are examples of telling. They're useful expository documents through which you explain that you're skilled and compassionate. It's in the garden that you get to show it. Think of the staff looking on as your readers and of the crying man and the thirsty woman as characters in your book. In a nutshell, told prose explains how things are. Shown prose displays it. Viewpoint considerations. Viewpoint, whose perspective readers view the world of the novel through, is critical to decisions about whether to show or tell in prose because it determines how readers are able to access various characters' emotions. If in the care home example above you're the viewpoint character, you could tell us about an emotion you're experiencing, for example that you're nervous about the interview. However, that would mean we wouldn't have access to the thirsty woman's internal experience. Instead you'll need to show it via what can be observed, perhaps by her licking her lips. Narrative distance. Writers also need to consider how deeply they want their readers to be immersed in character experience. Think back to the staff watching on in the garden. They're like readers. If you walk up to the thirsty woman, turn around and call over to the staff, I'm just about to do something compassionate, and then move the beaker nearer the woman, you force them to focus on what you're saying to them and away from the interaction between you and the thirsty woman. In other words, your telling, the explanation, draws them out of the moment, the experience of compassion. It diminishes the emotional connectedness between them and the scene unfolding before them. And when that happens in a novel, the narrative distance expands and the prose can be less immersive. A layered perspective. Writing and editing are rarely straightforward exercises. The key to careful editing comes in being able to recognise what is really being told, and whether, despite the surface exposition, something else is being shown in the space between the sentences running across the page. And for that reason, I've included examples of effective told prose throughout this guide. Some illustrate how telling can make for a leaner story. Others remind us that narrators have a voice and a personality. Exposition can deepen both. And yet others ensure that the reader's gaze is focused where the author intends. The guide structure. Each chapter explores different ways in which prose can be shown or told. I start by offering some clue words and phrases to watch out for, indicators that telling is in play. These aren't the root of all evil, examples of what must be obliterated. They're pointers that ask us to consider their purpose and relevance. An overview of what to consider follows, and then we move to examples of shown and told prose, an evaluation of how effective they are, and the tools available to fix any problems. By pulling apart show don't tell and looking at it microscopically, even ex inexperienced authors and editors will be able to make sense of the concept and craft solutions where required. At the end of the guide, there's a toolbox with which to develop your showing craft, and that's followed by a glossary of keywords and phrases, the terminology of fiction writing. Why there's no place for don't. Fiction writing and revision are subjective. Writers and editors who go searching for clues to told prose but then use a sledgehammer to eradicate every instance will harm the novel. Effective editing requires an open mind. There's no place for don't in relation to either showing or telling. Instead, there are choices to be made as to how to create a story worth reading, one that's served by the linecraft within. So that's it for this taster chapter. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Bye bye for now.